The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, we never want you to say never, and we want you to live your dreams. Hello there, party partners. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you are listening to radio's finest program of positive book talk, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are your personal growth success coaches here on the airwaves, and we hope that you will love, learn, laugh, listen, and, of course, live your dreams because we are a show about following your heart. We have three important and separate topics in today's program. Coming right up in our Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew, Heather's going to be sharing information on the puberty paradox. You'll meet Marie Vivian in segment two with her book, Divided in Despair, about a family torn apart when a father of five with a two-decade marriage announces his homosexuality. And then we're going to go into the garden in our final hour with a volunteer jungle. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by the book, Be the Star You Are for Teens. To order copies, visit BeTheStarYouAre.com or call 925-377-7827. And this is from a very classic author and playwright William Shakespeare. Take arms against a sea of troubles and in so doing, end them. Well, this has been a week of, it seems, uh, troubles and frustrations and all of that. So we're going to take arms against this and, and try to make all good things start to happen. And we just did have some good news, Heather, that I wanted to announce. And I want to say a great big thank you to the renowned blogger and book reviewer, Martha, Martha Cheeves, who reviewed the book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, and she couldn't say enough good things about it. She sent an email this morning um, about about posting her reviews, which you're going to see all over the web. And she said, I could have singled out every writer in the book because they were all great, but I ended up choosing the two that meant the most to me personally as I thought about my own children and now my grandchildren. I can never give this book enough praise. It's wonderful. And the two authors that she singled out that she thought were the greatest were 16-year-old David Davis Lunsford, who wrote The Gift of Affirmation, 
and our own Heather Brittany <laughs> with the gift of financial literacy. So congratulations, Heather. You have Thank been singled you. out with your chapter in the book. So everyone, you can read your reviews at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Com, as well as visit her blog, which is Martha's Kitchen Corner, and that's kitchen with a K, corner with a K, dot blogspot.com. And I will post it on uh, the Star Style Radio uh, site, too, so you can all see it. But it is very exciting, all the things she wrote. And actually, in our final um, segment, I'm going to actually read you the review because it's so great. But I don't want to take up Heather's time now or your time when we're talking about this puberty paradox because it's really huge. American girls are hitting puberty earlier than ever. I mean, this is a change that puts them at higher risk for behavioral problems when they're adolescents, breast cancer when they're adults, and it's showing that about 15% of the girls that were studied, and there was about 1,300, showed the beginning of breast development at age 7 one in ten white girls, twice as many um, as, was, as was in the 1997 study, are showing breast growth by that age, and 23% of black girls, 15% of Hispanics. Heather, what the heck is going on? Yeah, well, this first this issue was brought to me um, when I was at a conference regarding women's health. And um, for our teen conference we had up in Sacramento, and a woman was talking regarding that she had noticed early on that her daughter was developing um, rather early, and it seemed, again, at a very young age, around seven years old. And this concerned her when she brought it to the doctors, and sure enough, she was. And, um, and at this time, this woman was talking about how there could be environmental factors. For a while, um, scientists have believed that early uh, puberty oftentimes is caused by overweight adolescents. And this is true, and, and sometimes that um, adolescents or, or even young um, children that are overweight um, are at a higher risk of developing more early. But now we're slowly discovering now that it could actually be toxins. And with there, there's so many things, you know, we try to eat healthy and, you know, live active lives, but there's so many environmental um, hidden toxins that we may not be aware of, such as herbicides or pesticides, um, even uh, in, uh, like, our lotions, our deodorants. There's so many things in our daily lives um, that are affecting us. And how do we know, you know, which ones? Um, there's things, you know, hairsprays, we're breathing them in. They might, certain lotions, we might be sucking, the, soaking the chemicals in. Or even things, you know, such as, um, you know, things could be, there could be chemicals within our toothbrushes uh, that, you know, we're using that plastic in your mouth. Um, so yeah, you know, the plastic, you know what I was uh, reading when you just speak of plastic is that there's an estrogen-like ingredient that's even found in plastic bottles, you know, or the linings of food and beverage cans, you know, like when you drink a soft drink or you get a bottle of water. Exactly, BPAs, actually. BPAs um, mimic estrogen in the body, and it it, so it it turns to be like a puberty clock, kind of setting it off. So there's certain things a lot of times in working in the healthcare, it's sometimes going to be hard to diagnose things because um, one disease or one infection uh, a lot of times mimics other things. So, you know, if someone, a sore throat could mean many, many things. So oftentimes, um, you know, with, the, with these BPAs, with these plastics, it's mimicking estrogen in the body and it's causing the body to have early set uh, puberty. And as you just discussed, some people may think, well, you know, what's, what's so bad about that? Well, studies have shown that women that are menstruating longer in life are more, um, more susceptible to cancers. 
uh, is a main thing of, uh, what is it, urine cancers as well as breast cancers. And a big thing, too, um, regarding just in, um, psychologically-wise and socially-wise, just because a girl is um, looks like she's 15 at 10 years old does not mean she's at the mental capacity for that. And that's and actually part, I mean, besides the health thing, that uh, emotional uh, sensibility is actually of great concern, isn't it? No, definitely, because you have to imagine if a girl that is with a, her peers are 10 years old, um, but she's hit puberty early, and now at 10 years old, she looks like she's 15. Uh, emotionally, that can feel kind of touring on people. They may feel socially awkward and outcasted that they don't look like everyone else. And also that sense of acceptance within an older crowd when, you know, again, emotionally and psychologically, they may not be ready to be in that kind of crowd. And people tend, you know, to treat people um, beginning how they, they look. So if someone you know, looks this age, they're probably going to be getting more attention from older people as well. And studies have shown that when children are hitting puberty at, at earlier ages, it's, they're more likely to be involved regarding drugs, alcohol, and especially um, you know, early onset of uh, intercourse at younger ages as well. And we know that not only is it physically, they're emotionally they're not ready for that. Their bodies are growing faster than their minds. And this is you can, incredibly, you know, for children, um, incredibly detrimental to them. So it's that whole thing of we need, how can we stop these? Um, recently we watched, we watched this film, The Cove. Um, the main thing was talking about these horrific slaughters that were going on in Japan with dolphins. But something else that was brought to my attention was about mercury poisoning, how mercury poisoning was in the fish. People were eating the fish, and none of this was being um, disclosed to the public. And by and, the way, we are going to be doing a whole show called Mercury Rising in the next few weeks, so you will get a lot of information about that. Well, definitely, and I, that's why I just want to minimally touch on it, but the big thing regarding mercury, um, because mercury, you know, we so many when women are pregnant, we tell them, you know, stay away from certain fishes. What's alarming is um, with this, in this, that these people are being so highly exposed to mercury and nothing was being, uh, being uh, put out into the media, or these people weren't being uh, told of it. And here in America, you know, we feel, especially, you know, recently there was a big egg recall um, regarding contamination, that, that we feel we are being um, told of these things. But at the same time, with this recent egg recall, uh, it was actually these eggs had been, this contamination had been going on since May um, and now prolonging into August. So there's a big time lapse of things. And for a lot of times, they can't release information until they have um, congruent evidence supporting it. So in the meantime, how can we do this as that we're saying we're really concerned how these early growths are going to affect our teenage girls, you know, or even you know, our adolescents, our children developing so early. Uh, so things of eating, we've talked so much about organic lifestyles, eating healthy, but it goes beyond of just the fruits and vegetables. It goes into the things you're serving and on, the products. Bottled water, totally not necessary. Whoever came up with that is making a fortune for something that is readily available to everyone. All they're doing, you know, if people say, well, it's convenient, go out and buy one of those metal water bottles. And be current, too. You can look in the ingredients regarding, so make sure you're not getting any kind of um, aluminum, something that's going to be um, resistant to gaining bacteria. Make sure it's something you don't have allergics to, nickel. And at the same time, you're cutting down on uh, plastic intake that, for the environment, but also these BPAs that we talked about that can mimic um, hormones. 
There um, is various websites uh, you can go to. Actually, uh, through Planned Parenthood gave out, if you go to PlannedParenthood.org slash Green Choices and um, www.safecosmetics.org, you can go on there um, and find out what, uh, if you type in the different products that you currently use, you'll be able to get all the different uh, toxin levels about what exactly in it. For the most part, some things are very um, unharmful that it's just, you know, part of the daily life, sort of like bacteria. We, we come in contact with it every day. While other things you may realize, um, it, okay, maybe my deodorant's fine. Well, you may realize you use 30 different beauty products in one day, and that's when you realize how many toxins you're putting into your body. You know, I think it's time for me to publish my book, Weed Water, which I started several years ago as an anti-bottled water thing, you know, to make your own water. But, Heather, I have a quick question if you have any information about this, because there have been some studies done that have shown that um, males are being affected as well. In fact, I read that the herbicide atrazine has been shown to chemically castrate male frogs and turn others uh, into females that are able to lay eggs. That was actually in the National Academy of Sciences um, this past year. What have, have you found any information about uh, boys? Unfortunately, no. My I made my focus was more on female on female health. Okay. So I'm unfamiliar with with um, the male health, but that actually that brings up a big thing of definitely they see, saw this in a case study regarding what this was doing to frogs. You can only imagine chemically wise what this is doing to humans. Well, the only thing that that it, that I read in this National Academy of Sciences is that they are finding, and this was. Um, in, since a study, they've been studying this since 2008, so it's not that long, that baby boys are likely to have um, genital changes as well. And this, if they are exposed before birth to high level of these uh, phthalates, these hormone-disrupting chemicals that are found in medical tubing, vinyl, and other products. So this is something we really have to pay attention to. I think this is, you know, real scary stuff out there, uh, as you said, onset of early puberty is dangerous but um, yeah, I, I and meant for many different things. Deb, I see the, pu- the furthermore I'm going to really trying to expel these items or reduce um, you know, your toxin levels is not only we're such a big thing about reading your food labels, you know, so making you see what those first four ingredients are, but read what is in um, your lotions, your beauty products. A lot of times, you know, just like those health food stores, they sell um, you know, organic deodorants and toothpaste. Something, of course, of sticking with the organic style is that they are more expensive. But health-wise, you know, it's truly those things of what you know to save a dollar or to save your health or your going to be better. Health. Well, give out the websites. Another very, very good segment Most, where we always are trying to bring you uh, positive things here that will help change your life for the better. Most definitely. So go to be the star you are.org, be the star you are.com, carmineclutches.com, both with a K. And once again, if you're interested um, in kind of checking up on what is in your products, go to safecosmetics.org or plannedparenthood.org slash green choices. And just remember, hitting puberty at a young age can be very confusing and distressing, as well as is it can cause uh, problems as an adult. And can put uh, girls at a higher risk for behavioral problems as adolescents. So we really do want to be careful about we put in our bodies, on our bodies, what we drink, 
Well, what really happens to the children when a man with a family suddenly announces his homosexuality, divided in despair, reveals the heartbreaking experience of Marie Vivian and her four siblings when we return on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style, Get Out the Cleanups. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. The star you are light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org all donations are tax deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star you are. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and listen. Every week we bring you esteemed authors with viewpoints that change your life. Marie E. Vivian was born into a military family. She spent the first three years of her life in Colorado and then in Germany before moving to New Jersey and then finally attending high school in Belgium. The second born of five children, she's traveled all over the world, speaks several languages, yet her desperate search for her father's love was foiled. Her book, Divided in Despair, chronicles her traumas as a child and her triumphs as an adult. Welcome, Marie Vivian, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hi. Hi, Cynthia. I'm happy to be here. I'm truly well, honored. thank you. As I was reading your book, Marie, I realized that despite the horrible experiences that you encountered throughout your life, what you've written this book, Divided in Despair, it's really a gift, I believe, about reconciliation. It's a gift of hope, and it really is transcending all of the negativity that we encounter in our life. What I see that happened to you is you created each day anew. You grew up in this very religious family. In fact, Mm -hmm. your parents prayed in tongues. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yet there was such a disconnect between authentic living and this holy life that they were sort of hiding. 
Let's right. share your story so we can help others that may be living in the same oh, turmoil that you were living in. Well, um, I was raised second daughter. <clears throat> uh, I have three brothers and a sister, and um, we were raised in a very strict Catholic home. My father was a monk for three years before uh, he joined the military, and my mother was a novice. She was going to be a nun. So we were raised with very, very, very strict Catholic um, value systems, except it was kind of hard to stay connected to God because my father was so um, abusive and uh, there was a lot of hypocrisy in the household. Yeah, you know, this is throughout the beginning of the book, even before what, we, what you're going to be telling us about, before he, the announcement when you were 18, Mm-hmm. It seems that the household, you talk about being rushed, rushed, feeling rushed all yeah. the time, and his outbursts and the anger, and it seems like the, you were all hiding and scared of him. It we was were. obvious it wasn't a loving household. On the outside, no. it looked great, but on the inside, it was a different story. Right. He, he, um, we never knew what to expect when he walked to the door. Um, there were times where he was extremely happy and jovial and and things were good. We would sing church songs together on the way to church. And those um, were some of your happiest moments. Yeah, and we go we go on family vacations together. And then there are just other times where it was like I, you know, I had that cleaning compulsion. Um, we, we nothing was right for him. We could never be good enough for him. And um, he was very angry. He was just a very angry father. I ran away a lot. And now what we what I see is I want to get to you know the main point of your book and how it changed your family is the fact that uh he when you were uh, after what 20 years of marriage and you were mm-hmm. 18 he announced that he was a homosexual and he was actually Correct. moving in with his male lover. Correct. He he didn't move in with his male lover uh, initially. He had several lovers. Yeah, he was actually he was actually having several, but then he, he had Alfred for quite a while, yeah. right? Yeah. He when he came out of the closet, um, the way it happened was um, I was already living on my own. My brother and I were, you know, not very good friends, but um, I felt a need to call the house because there was an argument between him and my father prior to learning about his sexuality, and my brother found gay pornography in my parents' bedroom because he was snooping through their stuff. And it was and actually he, homosexual gay pornography. It was homosexual he, gay he pornography. The video. He wasn't really trying to snoop, though, was he? No, he was just, I, I guess he, he was curious, you know, about what, what was my father hiding. Right. And so he went in there and found the tape, and then he, um, I had called him because I was working at a gym, and I just felt something in my spirit wasn't right, you know, and I called the house, and he said... He was sounding very traumatized, and he said, I need to tell you something bad. And I said, what's going on? He said, I found, I found a, a tape in my parents' room, and it was two gay men, you know, having sex with each other. And my mouth just dropped to the floor. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it because even with my father's temper tantrums, he was very, very, very religious. He was well, even going to be a deacon. Well, also you made uh, numerous, numerous references in your book, that he was also very anti-gay. In fact, he would sit yeah. around the table and would say, if, if you talked, to, if that came up in a discussion or it was in the newspaper, or on, he would actually mm-hmm. say homosexuality is a sin, according to the mm-hmm. Bible. So you were actually raised to believe that. Although you accepted right. the person, you believed that the action was not all right. 
No, and I, I still believe that. But it was very confusing because when um, when I called my mother after I talked to my brother and I asked her, I said, you know, is Dad gay? And she was very calm and collected about it. But she had had about six months um, of knowing this information because the day they signed on their new house is when he told her he was gay. So she had a few months before we figured it out. And um, she was saying, let's talk about this later. So I was pretty devastated. I went to my apartment. I was overwhelmed with grief and confusion and just not understanding what was happening and uh, that he was cheating on my mother, let alone with other men. Right. And so that was traumatizing. So we went out to um, meet my father and mother that day. That later on that evening, we were in front of a restaurant. My brother and I were on one side of the, the parking lot, and her and my father were on the other side of the parking lot. And I, I asked him, I said, are you gay? And he says, I've been gay all my life. I'm done with you. I, I've raised you kids. I've done my job. It's my turn to have a life. And, you know, this, this when I read, I mean, my heart just wept for you, and I just cried. We're talking to author... Marie E. Vivian. Her book is Divided in Despair. She's a writer and a poet and just has lived through some really tough times. And it's a, this book is about when her father comes out of the closet. But I think the hardest thing, the words that hurt me the most for you was when he said, I'm done with you. I've done my job. I'm going to have fun now. As right. if raising children was a chore that he was demanded to do. Right. It had to be extremely hurtful. What are the family dynamics that played out after this? Um, well, my, my youngest brother at the time was eight. I have a, a brother who's 10 years younger than me. Then I have a brother who's 15, and then I, had a sister, I have a sister who was at 13 at the time. And my oldest brother, David, was in the military when all this happened. He was in Germany. And the dynamics that took place were unfathomable. He started to change his hairstyle. He basically started to look like Liberace overnight. He was putting heavy jewelry on. He was wearing pink outfits. Um, I saw eyeliner on him one day. He was he was flamboyant, very right. flamboyant. He was becoming a very effeminate. He was, he was becoming very effeminate, which was traumatizing for me as an 18-year-old girl. And for the Not rest it. of the family. You were the and second so oldest, and then you had all these younger siblings. Yeah, and this was and, his father. They didn't know what to think. And that was we just we didn't know what was going on. We thought that okay, this is a midlife crisis because we always knew he was emotional. But okay, maybe this is just something temporary that he's going to do, or maybe he's just a little lost. But we never expected him to go as far as he went. He um, he changed, he he turned in the station wagon for a more sportier car that had a rainbow sticker on it. He had a Mel Gibson visor. On his on his uh, vehicle, his whole world, human well, sexuality consumed him. Again, we're talking to Marie E. Vivian. She's the author of Divided in Despair. You said in your book that he put this picture of Mel Gibson on his visor, and he was in love with him, and it traumatized mm-hmm. you because you were. I had a crush on him too. And you too were in love with him, <laughs> and you thought, "Oh my gosh." My dad is in love with the same guy I'm in love with. This is weird. Yeah, I mean, I just it was shocking because. He started to, um, I, I, I never expected the boundaries to be so crossed, you know. He, he was so out there. I mean, he joined the gay choir for old men. 
he um, all his he had gay men coming to the house and eating dinner with my mother and my siblings. Well, and I think um, that was the hardest part. I thought um, is your mom stuck by him and acted like she was still his wife. Well, I mean, she was still his wife. She still he, is after forty she years. She just accepted it. Yeah, she just accepted it. And I, Which had to be confusing for you, too. It was very confusing to us because most normal women would have divorced them right away. And I felt that she should have because the things that happened after his outing, you know, she, I felt that she had a responsibility to shelter us children from what right. he was about and to I do. Right, and it seems that she, he did many things that, uh, you know, he's entitled to his own life if that's what he wants, mm-hmm. but... He embarrassed, you know, he humiliated your mother. He was embarrassing you. And then all of you children have suffered emotionally. You've all had mental problems. You suffered terribly from bulimia. Some insanity happened. You were raped. You started dancing in strip clubs. Uh, You encountered spousal abuse. And it really was a helplessness that you couldn't get out of this vicious circle. It was, was, I was really looking for him to... um, be the patriarch in the family and to have some value systems and and he just threw that all away so that they, that he could have sex with men and the the hardest part about it for me was that he was making me his confidant and he was telling me things about he even took us to a gay bar and uh he took my sister and I to a drag show where there were lots of children mm-hmm. and that was very confusing because this is the man that took us to church every Sunday um, sings in the church choir to this day with my mother, even though they live in separate houses. They're married 40 years still, and he's with his partner who has AIDS. So it's a very bizarre situation that they have going on there. You, you did you know, you. I was waiting at the end of the book. I mean, you'd have the epilogue, and then you have you have many, many um, different viewpoints in here, and thoughts, and and uh, some you know some wonderful opinions and observations, but. What really has happened with your mom? She's still accepting it? I mean, she's still, she lives in, to me. She's in denial? I believe she's in denial still. And I believe that she um, She just didn't have enough moral courage to leave him when she should have. Uh, um, I try and look at things through her perspective as well because she did have 20 years with this man. She had five years, five children with him, and, you know, there was that connection, but over and over again, within the last 20 years, he's, all he's done is repeat, repeatedly reject her. And reject he's her. also uh, said some very mean things and humiliating things in front of her, behind her back, and to you children. Yeah, behind her back, and he would, he would tell me that because she's overweight and everything, he would tell me that you know, having intercourse with her was like having intercourse with a beach whale. Yeah, and I felt like I didn't need to be in that situation. I no, had a lot of therapy. No, and that's not a, that's not appropriate it's for a parent to be talking about things like this, no matter what's going on in the marriage. Yeah, it, it was really, really traumatizing. It's been horrifying for my and sister and I. And all of you have gotten, you know, counseling, et cetera, but you really had to learn to rebuild your life. Now, mm-hmm. fortunately, you now are doing really well. You are a very major volunteer at the Rape Crisis Center, which I applaud your, your uh, courage in helping others, because you are actually a victim of rape within a marriage. Yes. And in Texas, they did not even uh, identify rape within a marriage until the 90s. But this is Isn't something that, that I am absolutely certain, as you know, through the Rape Crisis Center, 
that nationwide women everywhere suffer from, from this, and I think it's something that needs to be exposed. Yeah, one in four children, one in four girls will be molested by the age of 18, and one in six boys will be molested by the age of 18. You found, and, you found out also that your father, I, I'm not sure if molest is the right word, but yeah. when he was 12 by an, an older cousin. Right. And did he ever call it molestation, or does he call it consensual? He he doesn't call, um, from what I've learned at the Rape Crisis Center, is that it was an incestuous act because of the age difference. He was a much older male cousin, probably mm-hmm. in his late teens, early 20s. Right, and, and, your, um, and your dad was only 12. My dad was only 12. And back then, you know, boys didn't have anyone to turn to if things were happening to them. There was no Rape Crisis Center. There was no counseling available to them. They were just probably belittled and called sissies and told to go home. But, so my dad didn't have anyone that he could talk to about it. But over the years, in his mind, he's rationalized the sexual abuse as being because he's quote-unquote pretty. Uh-huh. Which was a is pretty a term, boy. evidently, that is used, bannered around quite mm-hmm. often. And that was also traumatic when uh, you had some of his... Um, his a gay friend say that his, your dad was pretty and you look yeah. just like him, that you're both pretty. Yeah, that, we went, we, I went to a gay bar with him because I wanted so badly to be in his you life. To connect with him. You, to connect with him, and it didn't matter how inappropriate it was. I just wanted him to be in his life. That's all I ever wanted as a child, and that's all I ever wanted you know, as an adult, so I figured, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and go to the gay bars, and I'm going to go to the, I'm going to be part of that that community and, and see what it's like and see if, I even worked at the AIDS Foundation to try and help me cope with it. But um, when, that, when that gentleman was dancing with my dad and then he was dancing with me, he said, he's pretty or you're pretty. And I thought he was talking about me, but he was actually talking about my dad being pretty. Mm-hmm. Again, and my dad actually went with him the next day. So confusing for you, uh, you know, on and on. Well, your healing process, you really did turn back to the Bible yes. and to your belief in a good, kind God to, that yes. got you through. And you're now happily married. You're happily married. really living your life, you know, uh, in a very positive way, and you've learned to move on. Tell us just a little bit about this orchestration and how this helped your healing process. Well, I was in a pretty, after my divorce to um, the spouse that was abusing me, I divorced him in 03, and I didn't have any skills or college education to help me, you know, um, provide for my children. After a couple weeks of uh, looking around and not even passing a typing test for a, a call center, I ended up starting my own cleaning company. That and, was really, you know, that was so fascinating. You <laughs> met a man who was kind and told you he was in the construction business mm-hmm. and told you that there was this need out there, and you did it. So you just did it. created your own work and you created your own company. Yeah, and I was able to, because up until the, because it's a male-dominated industry, and up until I started my cleaning company, I figured all men were abusers, all men were closet cheats, all men Right. History working with construction workers who were good, who really loved their families, 
and even bro- their hearts are broken when they had divorces. And that was the first step of my healing process about, you know, trusting people, that, that, that all, all men aren't abusive and all men aren't out to hurt me or get me. Well, during the course of the cleaning process, my, cleaning, my sister and I were in a very bad car accident. And um, I almost broke my neck. The car was rolled over several times. Year of having a lot of chronic pain and just working from bed. And I met this physical therapist after I had neck surgery. And my physical therapist, I would go in there and I'd be crying. Well, one day my dad decided he wanted to disown me. You know what? I I don't. You are cutting out. Uh, and I don't know if you have, if there's a call waiting, but Marie, no. we're not able to hear you. Your voice is keeping cutting out. I, what I'd like to do is give out your website. The name of the book is Divided in Despair, and the author is Marie Eve Vivian, V-I-V-I-A-N, and it's When a Father Comes Out. And the website is dividedindespair.com. That's dividedindespair.com. And um, uh, this really is a book about forgiveness and about navigating how to keep boundaries that, that between families because her father really crossed the boundary. Maria, are you still, can you still hear me here? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, you're, you are cutting out. I don't know if it's a call waiting thing. Or... No, there's no, there's no call waiting. Can okay. you hear me now? Well, I just want to thank you so much for, thank you. for being on the show, for writing this book. It took an enormous amount of courage to mm-hmm. do this, and I just applaud how you are living your life today, raising your own children, and uh, getting the message out there that there are boundaries in the parent-child relationship, and we That's have true. to honor those, and yeah. no one should go through what you and your siblings have been through. So thank you for writing Divided in Despair. Thank you so much. Thank you. When we return from break, we're going to be going into the jungle to weed out the volunteers. Stay with me. I am Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. We live in a high-tech world where personal time sometimes feels non-existent. In order to lead the pack, you have to first take care of you, the leader of your life. Even when you are an employee, you are always self-employed. Take pride in your work. Take many vacations to rejuvenate your spirit. Find a focus partner and share your business strengths and weaknesses. Create relationships of trust by doing what you say you will do. Follow up and get back to people in a timely fashion. Write a personal mission statement and live it daily. Upgrade your integrity quotient and be proactive in staying healthy. Increase your skills by reading, writing, and communicating. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, call 925-377-STAR or visit 
rockstar-style.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Be the star you are. You are the star. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you for staying with me. As promised in the first segment of Star Style, Be the Star You Are, I am going to read the review by Martha Cheeves, who is the author of Stir, Laugh, Repeat. And this is for the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, and if you go to, she has it posted in many places, but one of the fun ones is if you go to Martha's Kitchen Corner dot com, and that's Martha with an S and then kitchen with a K and corner with a K, you can read it and you can also get a recipe for my Mama Mia apple pie because uh, this is something she does. It's um, called Addition a Book, so she likes the recipe and she ended up choosing it. So. Here's what she wrote about Be the Star You Are for Teens. I could actually sit here and write a 10-page review for Be the Star You Are and still not cover everything. This book is one I plan to keep within reach at all times. The short stories are actually life experiences of not just the author, Cynthia Bryan, but other than those, there are contributors as well. The topics range from achievement and adapting to dating and letting go. This book is written for teens, but I've found them useful for all ages. As I read the different stories, I found myself relating to most, some from my younger years, some from my older years. I also found myself wishing there had been a book like this around when my own children were growing up. Be the Star You Are for Teens is actually more than stories. Author Cynthia Bryan has included exercises that will help teach through action. In the chapter, The Gift of Affirmation, written by author Davis Lunsford, who is 16. He talks about his pastor sending a handwritten letter and a dollar bill every time Davis's name appeared in the paper. To Davis, the letter was more important than the dollar bill. And just hold on one second, because I just lost the review here. Uh, let's see here. When I clicked on it, I jumped. Uh, sorry about that. In the exercise, Cynthia Bryan suggests you write a letter to someone who encouraged you in the past. She, she suggests that you write a letter that would pat you on the back and then write a letter to yourself, picking out something positive you've been doing. One of my favorite chapters is called The Gift of Financial Literacy by story author Heather Brittany. Heather talks about allowances and how they were not a part of her and her brother's lives. Instead, their mother allowed them to earn points. Instead of paying them to do household tasks, 
Their mom created a point system. They made up a list of the things they really wanted. Then there was a number of points attached to acquire each one. They listed things like movies and backpacks and special meals or bicycles, skateboards, skis, even trips. And when they saved enough points, they could cash them in for the items they wanted. Their mother even kept a bulletin board which showed the weekly tally of their points. They were being taught to work, to earn, and to save their own money and to spend it with care. I could go on and on about the stories and lessons taught in Be the Star You Are. To me, this is a book that needs to be read by everyone with children. Actually, it would benefit everyone to not just read this book, but to listen and learn as you read. If my kids happen to read this review, you can bet you you will each be receiving a copy for Christmas this year in the hopes that you too will find the stories and exercises helpful during the growing up stages of your own children. So I want to thank you, Martha. That was, I don't know Martha, but I sure appreciate that she did that. And for all of you out there who would like a copy and you can get autographed copies of the book, please go to bethestarur.com. Spell it all out, bethestarur.com. And you can click on the store and you can get copies right there. There's also, if you decide you want to buy a case for a club or for your school, there are uh, premium sales, which means a whole case, you can get them at wholesale prices. You uh, can send us an email, info at bethestarur.org. And what's great about these books is every penny you spend is going to benefit Be The Star You Are charity and this radio show and keeping us going. So, Again, Martha, thank you. And for all of those of you who have bought the book and all of those of you who are going to rush out and buy it right now, you can also get it on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. But if you buy it from our website, we actually get the dollars. <laughs> Otherwise, we're not sure where, where they go. So now I'm going to talk about it's a jungle out there. Ralph Walder Emerson said the landscape belongs to the person who looks at it. Well, being the founder and the executive director of Be The Star You Are charity, which is a literacy and positive media charity that brings you this radio show, I am very excited usually about volunteers who want to come into our lives. But when it comes to volunteers in the garden, I am definitely not a fan. And before you believe me to be ungrateful, please know I am not talking about any of you people. I am talking about trees, plants, seeds, weeds that appear in places where they're not wanted. Every morning I grab a cup of coffee and I stroll through my gardens investigating the latest sprouts. And with this year being such a rainy one and cool one, that it has really become a jungle. I intently look, I listen, I feel, I smell, I taste as I walk. And because of that copious amount of winter rains that showered our landscape, I believe that my yard is plagued with mountains of weeds and swathed in seedlings from galaxies far, far away. I actually found in one square foot of dirt there were six little oak trees growing, two bay trees, three pines, five plums, and a palm tree. And they were all already about six inches high, all competing for the sun's warming rays. Well, the center island in my front garden has hundreds of Japanese maple seedlings that have sprouted. The hillside is filled with chamomile and euphorbia and mulberry and wild grapes and privet and silk and pistachio and more oaks, none of which I sowed. They were all just brought in here by what I call uninvited intruders. Um, these are the volunteers, and I can assign some to other tasks. I can dig some up, but most are nuisances, and I look at this as my paradise, and I don't want them growing here. Now, when I first moved to this area of Northern California, 
I was really thrilled to witness the thousands of oak trees that were blanketing the hillsides because these majestic giants reminded me of growing up on my uh, farm and the ranch up in Napa County where climbing trees and building forts was a cultivated art. I mean, a couple decades later, I'm not as enamored of all these extra trees. It's like a forest out there. Most of us uh, carefully design our front and our backyards with a color palette and a plant selection that suits our lifestyle and our tastes. And although I totally admit that Mother Nature is always the one in charge, sometimes we humans have to intervene to maintain a balance of power. And whether they blew in by the howling winds or they hitchhiked on furred and feathered feeders, these seeds, acorns, and cuttings have rooted where they're not wanted, and they are unwelcome interlopers in my plant kingdom. So don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I love the trees. I, love, I actually have hundreds growing in exactly the right places because I live on a little mini farm. I, I, right now, if I were to be at my house and to look out into, into uh, my land, I'd see over 30 lofty oaks shading the creeks on the property. Uh, I have trees, a couple of big oak trees still that have the rope swings and tire swings when my children were young that flip over the creek. There's, but wherever there are oaks, there's also poison oak and there's also blackberry briars. And I don't want any more poison oak and I don't want any more blackberries because the three start crowding out my gladiolas. They interrupt the dances of my dahlias. Now, my orchard is filled with cherries and apricots and plums and prunes and peaches and pears, and it kind of goes on, you know, oranges, lemons, tangerines. I really have all different kinds of of, of fruits. It's a, I call it my virtual garden of Eden or my personal garden of eating. But admitting that a myriad of volunteer visitors upsets this equilibrium because I really carefully designed and implemented the way that I want my orchards to be and all these interlopers are using up the nutrients, they're using up the water, and of course, they're vying for the same sunshine and the same space. So what is a gardener to do with all of these additional pop-ups? What do you do if you have all these weeds and all these other trees coming in? Well, here's what my program consists of. I do bi-weekly pulling, I do uh, pruning, and, of course, recycling, donating, and tossing. And what I mean by this is I pull out a, a number of them. I repot as many as I can and, and give them away to people. Or I've, I'm growing some in pots so that I know that later on that they're going to be good. In fact, what we're going to do this year at the Pear Festival, I'm going to donate all these pots to Be The Star You Are charity to let my human teen volunteers sell them at the Pear Festival fundraiser, which is uh, coming up. And again, I'll give a plug for that. You can find out more information at uh, under events at bethestarur.com, or it will also be posted at bethestarur.org, and you can look for it you know, on our Facebook, etc. But if, you, if you're not, you need to uh, pull them and recycle them, put them in your green bin or put them in your compost pile, but it's really important that you constantly be vigilant if you're going to maintain order and discourage a dark forest from developing. Because this is how jungles arise. When gardens are unmanaged, jungles arise. And if you love your garden and you want to maintain the integrity of your landscape, you have to adopt an aggressive approach to weeding out the extras. 
And it's hard for me because I don't like to weed out anything because I honor everything that's growing. And it's like the saying says, you know, a weed is just a plant growing where it's not supposed to. But some of these are truly plants, trees, and shrubs that are growing where they're not supposed to. So uproot and replant the specimens that you like and want. Give away, sell, or compost the rest. And I hope that you all are composting these days because this is a wonderful way to help the environment as well as to be adding a good mulch and fertilizing your garden. The mission of the nonprofit of Be The Star You Are is to plant the seeds of literacy and to grow people. So if you are going to be in the Moraga, California area in coming up in the next few weeks, make sure you check out the Pear Festival and stop by the booth. And for a small donation, you can harvest the bounty from My Jungle Woodland, and you can receive some free gardening tips from me too. And then I also wanted to give uh, a little other information about uh, that's with Be The Star You Are about our book review team. Up until this past month, we have always had to have our star team, book review team, be local students that could get a ride to our offices, a physical ride to our offices, pick up a book, read it, write a review, drop off the review, and get it back to us. But now in conjunction with the reading tub, we uh, can have anyone anywhere in the world doing book reviews if you would like to volunteer and get published. So if you're interested in reading books and doing book reviews, we have the list of books you can review at bethestarur.org under reading and review, or feel free to send an email to info at bethestarur.org, info at bethestarur.org, and we'll send you the guidelines and we'll get one of our teen volunteers working with you. Well, I want to thank you all so much for being great listeners and allowing Heather and I into your life every week. Make sure you are tuned to this station with me, Cynthia Bryan, and, of course, with Heather Brittany for our our Tea for Two and Mother-Daughter Brew segment so that you can hear the expert advice from the renowned authors around the globe and hear ways that you can improve your life because you really can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about coaching, or to get a consultation from Star Style Productions, or to purchase any of the books, please call 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827. Know that we can take credit cards if you are interested in that. Or you can visit com To make a donation to Be The Star You Are charity, go to bethestarur.org. May there be peace within you today, and may you trust your highest power that you are exactly where you're meant to be, and may you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. May you use the gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you, and may you be content knowing that you are a child of God and let this presence settle into your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing, to dance, and to bask in the sun. It is there for each and every one of you. As you go out into the day, There has never been anyone that has walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn, acquired strengths, weaknesses, skills, talents, and experiences. You are one of a kind. You are you, and you have the power to love yourself and become the person you were meant to be. 
Become the star of your own life. You already are a star. I would like you to take a look in the mirror and admire yourself because you are a wonder of creation. My aim every week is to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate you. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and always celebrate each moment of your life. And if do like I do and read a book every week, it is like a garden in your pocket. And I just want to remind you that every author that appears on this show, I personally read all of their books cover to cover so that to give them the best interview and to bring you the best facts and ask questions that I know you, my listeners, are asking and wanting to know. So pick up their books. Until we celebrate next week, once again, I am Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. We'll be together next week. Ciao for now. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You.